Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Luke chapter 4, you there? I want to talk uh, on, on a subject this morning um, that I was actually going to come at this angle on uh, Wednesday night, but um, we, we never made it here, so um, I, want to, I want to get in here and just dive in to see how much we can get. Listen to this, right here in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, you ready? Let's dive in here. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to teach the gospel. I pray that you open our ears to hear. God, I pray for a fresh anointing upon me, and we thank you that your word's anointed. We thank you that it's quick and powerful, Lord. And Father, we just we just bless this service today in Jesus' name. Amen. It says so. He came to Nazareth, where he had where he had been brought up, and as as it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood to, up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And the spirit of the Lord, it, it, where, where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty uh, to the captive and to recover the sight of the blind. Recite to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And, they, and he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also in your country. Then he said, assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many... Widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except, the, except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. I want to talk this morning uh, on the subject of, of honor. Now we can we're going to go back and we're going to read this same text in in uh, in Mark's uh, gospel. But how many knows it? When Jesus stood up, he's a local kid. The Bible says that unto us a, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and to the government and the government shall rest upon his shoulder, and there shall be no end. That it shall increase and there shall be no end. Now, when Jesus is stood up to read, he's releasing, if you will, a presence that is available to everyone in that room. And what he's saying is the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. It's upon me right now. God has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to recover the sight to the blind, 
uh, to open deaf ears, to do anything you need. That anointing is in this room right now. I want to tell you right now this morning that in this room, any need that is in this room can be met by God. We all believe that. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, that's what we gathered in this morning, there he is in the midst, right? And if he is in the midst, we know according to his word that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Right? So, And we know this, that all things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible to them that believe. But here in this text, Jesus stands up and he reads this verse of Scripture and, and, uh, the, and he says today that this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he goes on to say after, after this, because let, let me look right here at it again. And it says that, um, I was going to pull something out right here and I forgot to underline it in my Bible. Um, they all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. So when Jesus was speaking, he was releasing grace-filled words, if you will. That's why Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. How many knows that when you get a word, you, you can expect a change because the word just created everything you need, right? All right and so what happens is, is in this room... The, then all of a sudden something starts happening to their minds. Now there's grace-filled words released right here. The Spirit of God is being released in this room. And what happens is they start reasoning in their minds saying, Hey man, ain't this Joseph's son? We, we watched him grow up. Didn't he play on Benjamin's ball team? Ain't he in class with Mary down here at the school? And they start reasoning. So Jesus flips it up and he says, there were many widows in the days of Elijah. Now notice what he's saying. The anointing was upon Elijah to save many widows. Come on, somebody. But there was only one. And notice what he said is he went outside of his own house. Elijah went outside of Israel to a, to a heathen place. Come on, if you will. But the heathen had more honor for the man of God than his own people. This is a prophetic statement that Jesus is fixing to be rejected by his own people. Come on, somebody. He came to his own to save him but his own could not receive who he was and so he has to go out to the heathen if you will the Gentile who receives him who he is we see this in Matthew chapter 15 remember when the Syrophoenician woman come to Jesus and that the, the disciple said Lord that she's after us trying to get us to come minister in her city come on now but the scripture says she cried out and Jesus turned around First of all, he didn't answer. The second time, he looks at her and he said, it's not meat for me to cast the children's bread to the dogs. But she said, yea, Lord, even the dogs do eat the crumbs which falls from the master's table. Notice what he said. He said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And, and, and her daughter was healed at that very same hour. So we've heard this term a lot that we're to honor, right? And we're to honor the man of God, Right? But how many knows that this word is a whole lot deeper than that? It's a whole lot deeper than that. And I feel like as, as somewhat as a culture that we've done good. If you want to see how far this has gone in, in everyday society, just go to a little league game. I couldn't tell you how many little league games where I've seen uh, 10 year old boys showing up umpires on the field. How many knows that's, that's, that's authority represented on the field? How many school teachers get dishonored because of the kids? The reason why that is is because we dishonor people at our house and they mimic what they see inside of our own homes. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on now. How many knows that umpires always go miss the call? 
But it's your job to honor what's on the field as the ultimate authority. Now let's look right here. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there, and he came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, were, were, And many were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Look at this. And the brother of James? Judas and, and Simon are not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. Look at this. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor. Look at this honor except in his own country among his own relatives, in his own house. Now look at verse 5. Now he could not. It didn't say that he would not. It didn't say that he didn't want to because they were ticked off and didn't recognize who he was. So I decided I'm not going to minister here. It says that he could not do no... It said that he could not... Um, he could not do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And then he went about the villages in, in, in a circuit teaching. Now let me say this. There is no, there's no power that can shut down your individual anointing. But how many knows this? For the mighty works of God that we want to see, it's going to take more than an individual anointing. It's going to take a corporate anointing. Hey, I've had some great worship times by myself. Can we all say that in here? But there's certain things that we can only experience in corporate worship, right? Are you with me now? And so in this setting, Jesus said that he could not. It didn't say that he would not. It said that he was limited. He was limited by the miraculous because of their lack of honor in that. Now let's say this. What is honor? We get the Greek word honor is where we get our English word time. How many believe that time is valuable? And what it is is a value that we place on something. Here's a better understanding is to look at what is the opposite, dishonor. Dishonor is when we count it as common. How many knows that anybody that is carrying an anointing on their life, that is not common? And it's not to be treated as common. Many of us want God to do miraculous things. I can tell you right now that in this body, there's many miracles that are sitting beside you. Some of the things that you pray at God, would you unlock in my life, is sitting right next to you. You just got to have the wisdom of God to see the person sitting next to you and see the treasure that is hidden in them. Come on, somebody. The Bible says we hold this treasure in earthen vessels. So here's the problem. We get caught up looking at the earth instead of looking at the treasure. But the real deal is all of us have treasure and all of us have earth. Come on, somebody. And we need discernment, the Spirit of God, to see through the earth, to see the treasure in someone. Yeah. 
Now, I was raised talking about, well, they got a strong gift of discernment of spirit. Listen, the discernment of spirit was never given to you so that you could recognize the devil when you see him. The discernment of spirit is given to you so that you can recognize the anointing when you see it. Sometimes it comes in a child. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it may come in, look like a redneck, and you say, well, they can't be anointed. But God's put the very thing you need inside of that person to see if you will honor the gift. This is good preaching. Most of the time, the very thing you need will show up in a package you don't want it to come in. This is the whole deal with Jesus. He showed up in a package that they didn't like. They were expecting a king to come in a royal, in a royal chariot, yet this king came in a manger. Now let's look at this. A child is given... Uh, No, a child is born, a son is given, and the government and peace, there shall be no end. So it's speaking of an increasing. See, a lot of times we don't mind honoring somebody beneath us, but it's hard for us to honor somebody above us. Come on. And what happened is they didn't have no problem with him as long as he was a child. But what they failed to recognize is he done, a child was given, a son was born. I mean, a child was born and a son's given. Now he's done grown up into a mature man. Now he stands as God on the earth. And they start reasoning in their minds. They start reasoning. Listen, you know, I'm going to teach more because this is just what's here this morning. You know, just a shout of God ain't in here. But if... If what happens to start shutting down the anointing is we start seeing Junior move up under a strong realm of anointing. Let's say, for instance, I mean, God's just on him. We know that God's on him. But then what happens is we start, well, that's just Junior, man. That's, that's just Junior. What happens is, is we, begin to, we begin to siphle down the anointing and the realm of God that's upon his life because we've done gone to reasoning. Well, now he's just a mere man. Come on, I'm trying to help us in here. Now here's the deal. To partake of that anointing, you have to show value and honor to the degree of the realm of anointing that's upon his life. So, well, I don't believe that. Well, you won't ever take of it. Now look at this. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Here's one of the craziest scriptures in the Bible right here. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. So let me say this. When we honor Junior, we're not just honoring Junior, we're honoring God who sent Junior to us. Come on now. We break it down right here. I'll get off to preachers in a minute, okay? But the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that the fivefold are gifts given to the body of Christ. God loved you enough to pick me up from Jessup and bring, you over here, bring me over here to you. Come on, somebody. I'm a gift to the body of Christ. Lord, he preaches more highly of himself, ain't he? The Bible says we are gifts given to, to God's church. So when we honor the man of God, come on somebody, when we honor the man of God, we are honoring the one who sent him to us. Doesn't mean that he's perfect. 
By no means. Come on, somebody. But we, uh, we recognize that God has sent him and we honor him. And as we, as we bestow honor upon him, we are honoring the one who sent him to us. Now look at Jesus. And he said this. He said, if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. What is the prophet's reward? Hearing the voice of God. Come on now. The prophet hears what nobody else can't hear. Come on, somebody. He sees what nobody else can't see, and he speaks what no one else will not speak. Come on now. These are prophets. And Jesus said, if I bestow honor and receive him by who he is, I can get his reward. Now, I can tell you this. Prophets are drugged through hell and back with gas drawers on. They, come on now. They, 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 they're beat. They're just, they, that, that's just the, their ministry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I heard Derek Prince one time talk about the role of the prophet. And he read out of Hebrews chapter 11, great call, uh, God's Hall of Faith, where it said these were sown in two. Drugged down, beat down. These are the prophets, okay? But Jesus is saying, if I will bestow honor upon that gift and recognize it as that, I can receive their reward. I was reminded of a story one time. This happened years ago, and it's through Pastor Dale that he went to uh, Nichols Church of God. He went to run a revival. There was a man in that service, I believe was named Pastor Bobby Moore, if I believe right. Pastor Bobby Moore pastored, uh, well, Waldrop Avenue Church of God in Coffee County. And anyhow, Pastor Dale preached his sermon or whatever, and he seen Pastor Bobby sitting at the back, and he felt like the Lord said that he was to pray for him or whatever. So Pastor Bobby come up, and as he come up, he, uh, Pastor Dale said that just a shaft of light went out right there just into him or whatever, and he saw a set of silver scissors cutting, um, uh, cut a pot of grapes or whatever, and the grapes hit the floor, and then he saw the cluster come back larger and stronger. And he prophesied over him, and, and God just said that, you know, that uh, he's cut forth the grapes to bring bigger and better grapes or whatever. Anyhow, Bobby was fixing to leave that church. Church was in an uproar. People was exiting the church or whatever. He was trying to point it in direction. He felt like God was saying people walking away from the church. Anyhow, release that word. Bobby said, you got to come to my house tonight. I want to get you for revival just as soon as you can or whatever and come. This to show you how many years ago, because I remember because Jill was pregnant with Austin, giving birth to Austin. She actually had Austin the time of this revival going on. We have before he got there, God had impacted Bobby so strong through, through uh, Pastor Dale's ministry that he introduced him. He said, the prophet of God is coming. For two weeks, he said, the prophet of God's coming in this house. And he said, I'm telling you, God's going to do mighty things. What was happening? Faith was increasing in that room. Come on now. See, when we don't walk in honor, we just, well, that's just old Pastor John. We've heard him preach a blue million sermons. Come on somebody and faith ain't very high in the house but it's amazing what happens when you go to people of faith. I heard it like this. Rod Parsley said I'll see twice as many miracles while I'm out preaching on the road as what I'll see in Columbus. What happened? Do you think that God's bigger in Savannah than he is in Columbus? No. What happens is expectation is higher in Savannah. Expectation is higher in Orlando. Expectation is higher in Birmingham. They believe he's a man of God and a man of God's becoming with an anointing on his life to bring change into my life. Come on. It's available every Sunday if we'll get this small thing down that we'll learn how to honor and give, give, give value on the anointing that is flowing through somebody's life. So Pastor Dale gets there. He don't know what Bobby Moore been telling the people. He shows up as an evangelist. His cowboy boots on his suit and his hair flowed back to church of God do. Come on. Been here long enough you remember that. 
We got a Cocker Spaniel, and Grant and him was waving his hair back, you know, like that. We're putting a Pentecostal hairdo on him, on the top. He's holding us. So he goes in there. I mean, he's prophesying like, like Bob Jones. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, calling people out by name. I mean, the prophetic's just flowing like whatever. So this is Pastor Dale. So uh, Jill gives birth to Austin. She has him. He leaves, goes for the revival. He said, God, you anoint me like this because I'm paying the price, leaving my wife, my third child in the hospital because I'm going out doing the work of the Lord. How many knows God's given us a lot of wisdom since then? You know what I'm saying? Don't crucify your own family for the work of the Lord. That is your call. Come on, somebody. Another thing is this. God wasn't anointing him like that because he was paying the price leaving his wife and kid. God was anointing him like that because of the honor that was in that house. Come on, somebody. And the faith level that was in that house. How many, if you were with us Thursday, if you were with us Thursday down at the park, I've got a call. I got, actually, they text me a little after midnight Thursday night, and I got a call on Friday morning, and they said that this is what they said. They are not in a Pentecostal church. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what all kind of people believe. I just believe the Bible, okay? If it's in the Bible, it's legal. We establish that? Hello. I can't help you at a place that don't preach the Bible. Come on now. And so they text me and they said that when we started praying, I felt God come on me when I was praying. I mean, I'm down there hollering, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to see me tie my tie, you tie your tie, you know what I'm saying? That's tongues, by the way, and Eddie, E-D-D-I-E. I've heard it like that. Now, as a little boy, there used to be a lady who spoke in tongues. She does say this. She said, she tell a lie. She tell a lie. Well, who told a lie? Anyhow, I felt the power of God. We were praying. People were coming into agreement. We're praying over kids uh, that is battling cancer. And this person is battling cancer themselves. And he told me on the phone, he said he felt the power of God surge in his feet and go through his whole body. And he said that he was stronger Friday than he's been in a long time. You know what? we got to celebrate that. Now, see, well, I think the church can't celebrate nothing. It's, well, he ain't been to the doctor and got a clean report. We're never going to see the doctor and the clean report till we get excited about the little things. When we can celebrate that a headache's gone. Come on, somebody. It's how we steward the little things that God gives us. When we see a broken bone healed, we go crazy over it. Come on, somebody. When we see a sinus infection healed, we go crazy. We steward the little and we keep honoring God saying, yay, God, yay, God, on the little and then we can be entrusted with the big things there's so much belief in the church that we can't but well I don't know you know I just don't know I just don't know till I get a doctor's report I can tell you like this like people come down and say well I don't know if the Lord's going to heal me I'm not praying because I can tell you right now he's not going to heal you you can get mad with me and go on but he ain't going to heal you like that Bible says if we come to God we must first believe that he is I said that he is come on somebody 1 John 5, what I read down there, that this is the confidence we have in him. You know what confidence is? Confidence means I know it's going to happen. Come on, somebody. We tell a baseball player, walk up to the plate with confidence. Come on. I watched the thing by Derek Jeter one time, and they asked him at the end of his career, said, what pitcher do you feel like had the advantage over you? He said, I never felt like a pitcher had advantage over me. I'm going to the plate with confidence. This is our approach to God. Now, Jesus is brought down, which is in most churches, 
they don't serve Yahweh God. They serve a God that looks like them. Because you got to understand all kinds of things. I'm telling you this morning, I, can't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand my God. His ways are so much higher than mine. Come on, somebody. I don't understand a lot of things. I just know this, that my, but my theology is anchored in his goodness. Come on, somebody. Just cause pestilence and disease come to my house, I don't take that as my answer from God. Come on now. I know that I got a good father. Come on now. I may not understand it, but I know this. I also got the promise when he shows up at my house, he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. Come on, somebody. He's with me in the storm. Come on, somebody. He told David like this, if you go to the highest of height, there I am. If you down in the belly of hell, there I am. Come on, somebody. He ain't never leaving me nor forsaking me. All right, so this deal that if we honor, now now let's look it down. If we, if we honor the prophet in the name of the prophet, we receive a prophet's reward. Now, if we receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, we get a righteous man's reward. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to mistake a plumber from a prophet. Because if a prophet comes in and you give him a plumber's honor, you get the plumber's reward. Did you hear what I said? People getting upset about this. That's all. The plumber could be a prophet. <laughs> Let's say that. But what I'm saying is, listen, this is not limited that we honor preachers. Where we've made the mistake is now we got preachers that demand honor. If you demand it, that's perverted anyhow. Come on, somebody. If you'll just be who you are, people will see it. Come on. If you got to have a card toting your title around, let me tell you something right here. That ain't who you are. Hello. I had a lady in my church that said, I've been to six other churches, and I, I don't understand why that the pastor can't recognize what's on my life. I said, probably you got to come to terms. What you think's on your life is not on your life. Come on now. But when we see a pear tree out here hanging with pears hanging all over, we ain't got to guess what it is. We know that's a pear tree. And so when you are who you say you are in God, everybody else can recognize that. Come on now. And we honor that that's upon our life. Now, so if we're ever going to make it as family, we've got to get this down with inside of us. Now, honor don't just go to the man of God. It goes to the least one among us, right? And this is how Jesus did He said, whoever wants to be great in here, he said, he said then he brings a little child, and he, says, he said, be like this. Because the, what the world uses flattery. They flatter you just enough to get close to you because the next step, what they try and do is get their claws deep enough into you, snatch you down where they can have your place. That's not honor at all. Honor is when, let me show you a picture of honor. This is Jesus. Jesus sat at the highest seat, right? Right? And what he did is reached down low and pulled you at the table with him and allowed you to sit there next to him. That's honor. This is true honor. So when we honor someone, it's not because they deserve it. It's because we honor in what we see in their life, the goodness. How many people could we change their life just with this one thing if we would learn how to honor the waitress at the table? When she fumbles your meal up, mess it all up, don't show up, come on somebody. Go out to the IHOP and you sit out there in an hour and a half and you still ain't got it, but yet you still leave 30% on the table because it's not, listen, because her standard don't drop my standard. Come on. My God, this is good preaching right here. Listen. 
How many times does he tell you this? When he was young, when he was a waiter, that the church would come in, they would eat their meal, and for a tip, they would leave a gospel track. That don't speak nothing. Come on, somebody. What does speak something is when you get off and you bless them. Listen, I bless you not because I have to, but because I want to, because he has blessed me. Come on, somebody. He reached at my low place. Come on now. Can we reach to somebody else's low place and honor them? Let's move on right here. Look at your neighbor say he's halfway done. Look at Luke chapter 5. What I'm preaching right here is going, it happens every service we come together. I'm telling you, it happens every service we come together. I believe in every service somebody's got a key to this service. I'm talking about to really unlock the treasure of all of heaven. It could be you moving out and doing a dance. You with me? It could be you giving a word of exhortation. It ain't always that I come in and got the key. Junior don't always have the key. Stanton could have the key. Miss Maydine could have the key. Miss Allie Jean could get up and prophesy and have the key. Because all of us play an important role. That's what you guys see. Seeing what I grew up in, only certain people were honored that had the thing. But all of us play a vital role in this. Okay? So it's learning how to see the treasure and what you need. How many say in here, I would love to have my finances just changed? Right, raise your hand. I'd really. There's people in here with a financial anointing upon their life. Now, let me tell you something. How many times have you been to that person? You don't go to the, listen, if you need a breakthrough in finances, don't go to somebody out here driving the dots and now held together by Christian bumper stickers. That's right. Let's, let's get real right here, huh? That's not who I'm going to pray for me now. Now, if they got a Beamer, but see, we get offended because they got a BMW. Wait, look at them driving like a big shot. Well, why don't you begin to honor what God's placed on their life and that some of that start flowing to you? Whatever you dishonor is going to move away from your life. Whatever you honor is going to move closer to your life. Come on now. <clears throat> Look at Jesus showing up. The most trained men to recognize him don't see him. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were Sadducees, they were the most trained people on the planet looking for the Messiah and he shows up and they don't even recognize him. But yet prostitutes, tax collectors, and drunkards recognized him. All right, let's, let's go right here. Let's look at this in Luke chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Let's go down here. Verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching... And there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Say, say them. It was there to heal them. Who was it there to heal? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They're in a, they're in a service. The power of God's moving. He's in there present to heal them. 
Don't say it wasn't God's will. It is God's will to heal. Come on, somebody. He's in there present to heal them. Now look at this. Then behold, men brought a bed. Um, Behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how that they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up at the housetop. Uh, they went up. Uh, the, they went up on the housetop and let down his bed through the tilling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, look at this. Look, he saw whose faith? Their faith, not the Pharisees and not the teachers of the law. He saw the four men with a man paralyzed and letting him down through the roof. Picture this. We all in here having church, singing and doing worship. The power of God's present to heal who? Us in this room. Let's just, let's just bring it down right here. Jesse, I'm messing with you. Caught you napping a little bit right there. I'm coming up with you. Let's say God's using Jesse. He's preaching the service. All of us is in here. Because of his youthfulness, he's not as skilled in the word as some others in this room. Come on. And he's stumbling around and he's got Noah crossing the Red Sea. He's got Joshua in the ark. But all of a sudden, there's a presence that comes upon him. And if we don't recognize it, the man that's coming through the roof is going to get what was there for us to have. Four men saw more than all the preachers sitting in that room in that moment. They sat there reasoning, how can this, how can this carpenter be walking in this type of revelation? We've been trained our whole life. How can this man who builds tables and chairs know more about the gospel than we do? And they're sitting there, listen, you can dishonor by word, by deed, or by thought. Jesus seen them and said, why, why are you reasoning within yourselves? Why do you move to logic? Listen, we're never going to see great realms of healing if we stick to logic. You can't explain that. How can you explain getting a bottle of oil and according to the Bible in James 5.14 says, let them call upon the if there is any sick. Notice the level that James was writing in also. If there be any sick, it was uncommon to have sick folk in the church when he was pinning it down. But he said, if there be any sick, let them call upon the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil, pray for them. And it says that the prayer of faith will what? Raise them up. We pray with all and we bury them. Why I got to preach like this? I'm just telling the truth. But the scripture says that the prayer of faith will rise them up. So Jesus is teaching. Now they can't get through. They done checked the front door. The front door was locked. The back door was locked. There was a group of people in there. Jesus is teaching and the Bible says that the presence of the Lord was in that place to heal them. Here's the sad thing. They didn't recognize the presence. Do you know that you and I can be sitting in the presence and don't recognize the presence? Because we're looking for the presence to show up the way that we've always seen him to show up. Come on, somebody. How many knows it? Listen, I know this. I know enough about God to know this. You will never put him in a box. If he shows up in tongues one time, he gonna come back in a whisper the next time. Come on, somebody. If he shows up in fire on Sunday morning, he liable to come in the wind on Sunday night. And he liable to come in the still small voice on Wednesday night. He's God. He can do what he wants to. We're never going to corner him up. Right. 
I told you this story. Catherine and I went to the dedication of First Baptist Church in Jessup, Georgia. I was sitting there. Our service was at 3 o'clock. I was in the balcony. They were singing opera-style worship. I mean, at our church, we like Emmett, we shredded the guitars, the drums, throwed it down, hung from the chandeliers, swinging, you know what I'm saying, cast out devils and all that kind of stuff. And there's this opera music going on, and I'm thinking, this is the thoughts I was thinking to myself. I can't wait till we get to our church. The Lord show up. There's a guy stood up in the back balcony. How, you, please forgive me right here. Now, I'm, I'm a little older than I was then. I was 22 years old, 23 years old. And so a guy stood up. He's going to be with the Lord now. By the name of John Williams, I believe was his name. He stood up, and tears was flowing out of his, I mean, he was just, he was just tore up. And he spoke this in the microphone. He said, I have never felt the presence of God in a place like I feel in this place. He said, it is almost like Solomon's temple. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Why? He came for a whole different reason than I came. I came to please my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. He came to worship God. He entered right on in. Come on, somebody. I was still outside, totally unaware of what was going on. In my own heart, and my own mind. Jacob had the same thing in Genesis 28. The Lord was there and he knew it not. You remember on the road to Emmaus, Jesus appears to the disciples in another form. If you in Baptist, raised Baptist, you're looking for the Baptist Jesus. If you was raised Methodist, you're looking for the Methodist Jesus. If you was raised Lutheran, you're looking for the Lutheran Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you're African American, you're looking for the black Jesus. If you're white, you're looking for the white Jesus. But the deal is, he's just Jesus. And he's not limited to any box or form that we can put him in. So in this moment, the presence is there to heal them. But because they're reasoning in their mind, man, this is Joseph's son. We know him. He built the table that we just had the meeting at last week. We know him. And all of a sudden, that anointing that was in that room to be deposited into their life, four men climb up on the roof and drop a paraplegic down in the room and they saw him for who he was. I say it like this, listen, I, listen, Catherine, she, I, I guess I don't think about it. Being how one night we were talking and she looked at me and I said, I don't know how to answer that. And she looked at me and she said, she said, but you're my pastor. I said, I'm your husband, nah. You know what I'm saying? But it, listen, I know, listen, I don't have to tell nobody when I'm anointed. You know what I'm saying? If I look down and tears are coming from that woman's eyes, I know I'm anointed because she knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. You follow me? And when she, But she recognizes when God's on us. What I'm saying is we've got to learn how to do that in this room. We've got to learn how to see God on a person and begin to honor that that's in their life. I believe we can honor people to their destiny. Now let's look at this. Go to Luke chapter 2. I'm getting into short rows here, okay? Luke chapter 2. Look at this. Verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and got blessed him. And Lord, now 
Let your servant, look at this, depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people uh, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled, marveled at the things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also and that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What are you saying? I'm saying this, that take it Simeon. Pharisees had the full grown man Jesus standing in front of them. Simeon is looking at a baby. And he's got the anointing and the discernment to realize that this baby is not just a baby. This is the prince of Israel. This is the prince of Israel. I'm telling you, I want to read this to you right here before we get out of here because I'm fixing to shift this just for a second. Let, let, let me just read this. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, here's the same thing. This is a centurion. Goes to Jesus and says that my servant, I, I, need, I need help. Do you, what I want you to look at this, this is a centurion. This is like a Navy SEAL, if you will, in the Roman army. Rome had already conquered Israel. Jesus is a conquered man by the Roman army. When he looked at Jesus and said, I'm not worthy for you to enter unto my roof. This would be like a Navy SEAL in our military looking at an Iraqi plumber saying, I'm not worth, uh, uh, telling that plumber, I'm not worthy to even step foot in your house. This is a Roman centurion that has conquered Israel Jesus is a part of Israel, Jerusalem. He's conquered, if you will. And he said, I'm not worthy for you to walk under my roof. What was happening? His own people were dishonoring him. But here's an outsider that comes in and says, man, I'm telling you, I'm seeing way beyond what, listen, I know you're not a carpenter. I know that you're not sent here to build tables and chairs. You are the prince. You're, you're, you're the Messiah. You're, you're the root of Jesse, I mean of David. You, 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 you're, you're the one. You're the Messiah. This is the whole reason. Why did blind, why did blind Bartimaeus, did, why didn't he say Jesus? Why didn't he just say Jesus? Because they knew when the Messiah come, he was coming after the throne of David. That's why he hollered out, Thou son of David! Thou son of David! What he was saying is, Messiah! Messiah! When the rest of the people just saw a prophet or a man walk in the street, he looked through all of that and saw Jesus for who he was. This is how we have a strong service and then we have just a normal service. It comes from our lack of gratitude and our lack of honor that we give the king. But no, we feel good because we gave God an hour on Sunday morning. My God, he ought to show up in the time period. Same thing when the anointing moves in the room. Let's just talk about, I'm going to get old school a minute. But I'm telling you, when I was a little boy, when, when power of God showed up in the room, nobody was moving around. We didn't go to the bathroom. We didn't trim fingernails. We, we wasn't Facebooking. Think about it. People up here and their lives are being transformed. Moving from death to life. And we got people go to the bathroom. That wasn't nobody moved the rest of the service, Junior. 
Say it ain't so. Mr. Jimmy, have you seen the times change? What has happened? Has God changed? No, our lack of honor has shifted. If a governor was to walk in this room, we'd be commanded to rise just to honor the governor. While he was speaking, we wouldn't get up and go run around. Listen, I understand you got to go to the bathroom. I understand all that. I'm not beating us up. I'm just trying to show you the shift that we have and where we've let this fall down in our society. That we only want to honor people, but the ones that deserve it. I'm trying to tell you that God's son's calling for more. He's on honor for those that don't deserve it. Jesus said, if a man asks you to go one mile, go two miles. Think about this to you as an employer. If you would begin to honor your, you, you, you as an employee would begin to honor your employer. You would show up to work on time. Come on, boy, I'm breaking it down, ain't I? You would show up to work on time. And if you had to stay 15 minutes over, you wouldn't try to figure out how you could stretch that into an hour on overtime. Come on. This is honor. This is something we do. This is something we have the privilege to represent the king in because of the way he lived his life. Just because someone dishonors me doesn't mean that I so dishonor back. I can't control what you do, but I can control what I do. I can never govern no one else, but I can learn how to govern myself. And so what happens is, is what I'm talking about in here is we begin to honor one another and we realize what we've created in here is a lifestyle of freedom. Not, not offenses and bars. I've been in those. Come on, somebody. Where it was the one man show that we point all our honor up to the, to the king Alabula who sits up on the top. When Jesus created a structure where he honored the least one among them. Come on. And so he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, get down. Now let me tell you this. You know the why, why Jesus could get down and honor a woman that was caught in adultery and get down to her level? Because that's where he lived at in his heart. He made himself, according to Philippians, of no reproach, uh, of, of esteemed himself as, as nothing. Left all his splendor and laid it all down and became a baby in a manger. That's why they couldn't receive him because he didn't come in on a white stallion. He will come on a white stallion. Come on, somebody. When he comes back again, he ain't riding on the young foal, the colt. He's coming back on a stallion this time. A, a daggone Clydesdale. Come on, somebody. And he's going to have a tattoo on his thigh called Faithful and True. And he's coming back to rule and reign. He ain't coming back to serve. He's done serve. Come on. But here's the king of kings and you had children laying palm branches in the street saying Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Where was the Pharisees at? Where was the preachers? They was inside, their, they was inside the temple preaching. Then they come outside the door and say, hey, y'all be quiet, pop down. We're trying to preach. Got an anointing going on. I'm in, the, I'm in day five of this series I'm teaching. Jesus said, if you tell them to be quiet, if they, cry, if they, be, if they be quiet in this moment right here, the rocks are going to begin to cry out and declare who I am. God, would you give me a breakthrough? God, would you give me a breakthrough in this? I'm telling you, you encounter people on a weekly basis that are holding your breakthrough. You just don't have the eyes to see it. It could be the school teacher. It could be the umpire calling balls and strikes and they foot outside and they still call it a strike on you. Come on. Huh? 
It could be the painter at your house that's carrying the anointing that you need for your breakthrough. It's how we learn how to begin to honor and we'll begin to move in that. I believe we can change entire communities. If you read Isaiah 58, if you go in there and you read that, and you know we're fixing to close a 40-day fast Monday at 12 o'clock. I'm probably staying up to 12 o'clock, light the grill at 11.30. But here's the deal. So if you see the big fire down at my house, Russ, don't call nobody. That's just me grilling back there. Got the whole smoker going up, pig, everything on there. <laughs> but here's the thing. But he says this. In Isaiah 58, look what he says. He said, this is not the fast that I've chosen to break the bonds of the wicked. This is where he's talking about moving as an apostolic people to become restorers of the breach. He said, this is the fast that I've chosen, that you quit forth the pudding of the finger. Oh, hello, come on, somebody. That you quit talking about folk and you quit putting forth the finger and you clothe the naked and you take care of the needy and you begin to bestow honor. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to break the chains of the, of, of the wicked? This is how we begin to move in our school system. When we begin to honor people who even don't think like we do. Come on, I'm just messing with us. Huh? When the head satanic priest moves into the school and we don't freak out. You got to believe God's bigger than that. Come on, some of us got more faith in the devil destroyed us than we got God in keeping us. Head satanic priest moves into the school. We freaking out. Everybody's called a 40-day fast. Won't you just begin to show honor and live your life as an example before him? Why, 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 do you say, why can you say that? I can tell you this. When John Paul Jackson, who's dead and gone to be with the Lord, he used to do a thing that he used to have at his ministry, Extremes, did a whole thing at Burning Man, which happens in Arizona. It's the most wickedest thing that'll happen. And you know, I'm just telling you, it's beyond wicked what they do. They light this huge wooden uh, deal, this big statue of a man. They set him on fire out at Burning Man. And John Paul or whatever, he bid his tent. They had these warlocks. And John Paul says some of them could levitate three foot standing right in front of him. Just warlocks. Or whatever. And um, that'd be kind of freaky, wouldn't it? You know what I'm saying? Be Chris Angel. Wouldn't be no illusion. It'd be the real deal. And so, um, but anyhow, John Paul said that he set his tent up. He said the witches would come down and say, can you move your tent down just a little bit? He said, you just pulling all the aura out of the sky. Why, there ain't, no, there ain't no battle going on with John Paul down there. Come on, somebody. He ain't down there having to wrestle to see if he can get, that stuff's already been defeated. Come on now. Oh, I'm trying to give us some wisdom here. That's already been defeated. Listen, we get all we get all excited about a WWE matchup. That's already decided before they got in the ring. Come on, somebody. They knew who was going to win that night. Listen, the fact that you in the battle is guaranteed that you got the victory. That's what you got. Philippians says, by no alarm, when you are by when you show no alarm by your adversary, you've already declared victory. When you don't get when you don't get round of oh God, why this is happening? You listen, just go on about your business. Just throw God, throw your hands up in the air like you got the victory. John, can you move on down a little further? You're pulling everything out. Why? Because the God in him's already beat everything they got down there. And we're gonna we're gonna win them with love. That's, 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 what, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, through events like you see in Houston, by acts of kindness, acts of mercy, sowing into people, this is how the harvest is going to come in in the last days. I'm telling you. And so what I'm saying is, is we've got to begin to honor. When we, when we, I, I want us to, that's why you said, well, man, why, why do you got to sing the songs like you do? Why do you go after it like that? Because I want to I give honor where honor is doing. He's worthy of all the praise and all the glory. He's worthy of everything we could show out and do today. If we started at 7 o'clock, 
truck and went to 7 p.m. with everything we had in it. Listen, he's worthy beyond that. Do you agree with that? When the anointing shows up, we're going to honor it for what it is. Now, here's the deal. If you get that Luke chapter 5, the Bible says the presence of God was, that was, the Spirit of God was there to heal. Now, here's the deal. If you hang out with the Holy Ghost and you learn what He shows up for, because He shows up for a reason. He don't just come. Come on, somebody. Sometimes He comes to deliver. Sometimes He comes to heal. Sometimes He comes to love on us. And when we start honoring that anointing that's in the room, we'll get the kaboom we're after. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 